0: Hello, and welcome to my podcast from welfare to well-being. In this episode, I want to talk about relationships and what qualifies me to speak about relationships. Well, my wife and I have been married for 28 years. We've known each other for a total of 30 years. So I think that qualifies me. That would mean that That would take 8 to 12 years of college. I've already surpassed that. So we know a little bit about relationships. And what disheartens me is that I see so many people walking away from relationships just like they're walking away from a peanut butter sandwich. You know, they put little labels on it like irreconcilable differences and I just fell out of love. Okay, really? How do you fall out of love? That means you were never in love, right? Can't fall out of love. So, I'm going to take you through some things today that have helped me through my marriage, my wife and I. You know, I was a hard case when my wife and I met. She virtually saved my life. Actually, she did save my life. God used her to save my life. I was uh, bad. I didn't start out that way. I was a really nice guy. You know, my dad was a great man. And, told me to always respect women, and so I tried that, tried to be nice and cordial, and all that did through school was got me beat up, and uh, got me put in the BFF aspect of life, I was always a best friend forever, but never good enough to be a boyfriend, and I didn't want best friends, I wanted a girlfriend, so what I observed was that there were guys, and you know, they were mistreating girls, and they were called the bad boys. They didn't care about the girls' feelings. They just mistreated them and used them. And it's like all the girls gravitated to those guys. So I figured, well, I'll become one of those. And sure enough, as soon as I began to get an attitude of arrogance and conceit, I start working out, looking good, knew I looked good. And girls gravitated towards me. It was the most ridiculous thing i have ever seen. But it was going against my nature being a jerk because I wanted to just treat a woman with respect. So anyway, I lived this life. You know, I lived this life and just kind of misused women and they liked it. I hated it, but I did it. And if it meant I was going to be able to have a girl in my life, that's what I was going to do. But then I met this one woman, met her in college. And when I saw her, I knew she was going to be my wife. And, you know, I approached her kind of the way that I approach most girls, and she wasn't having it. I asked her out on a date, and she said, no. We were we were talking on the phone, and she said, you're messed up, man. You've got a lot to change. God needs to come into your heart and change you. And she said, if you want to date me, you can meet me at church. I, would, I remember her saying that. And I was so upset. I hung up the phone. I was like, all right. There are girls out here that will do whatever I want, and I don't need to commit to them or give them anything. Ten seconds later, I pick up the phone, and I'm calling her saying, where's the church? She gave my respect. I had never met a girl like her, and that girl would turn out to be my wife for over 30 years, Adriana. And I went to church, gave my life to the Lord. Even after that, I asked her for a date. She said, no. How do I know you're not faking it? So she, you know, I went out, bought a beautiful ring. The more that she uh, made me work, the more that I desired her. So I went out, bought a diamond, beautiful diamond ring, custom made the ring, came to her and said, I know you're supposed to be my wife. Will you marry me? And she looked at me and she said, you need to take that ring back. No. So I waited a total of two years, went to her dad. Ask if I could have her hand in marriage. And then I went to ask her if I could marry her. And she said yes. We were engaged, we got married, have five kids. And this is where my story starts because when we got married, we had nothing. Um, I wasn't very good in school. Let's just say that. I dropped out of college. I didn't have any skills. I didn't have any gifts. I didn't have any, any plan. I, I had nothing. But I knew that I loved this woman, and I knew that I needed to provide for she and our kids. And um, we started having children. We were on welfare. Uh, I remember going into the store. And back then in Texas, they give you what's called a Lone Star card. It's a welfare card. And I was working, but I was making like 4 or $5 an hour. So we were still below the poverty line. And I remember when I would slide that card and people would look at me and I would be so embarrassed. I'd be so humiliated because here I am, this grown man. I've got these little kids and my wife. I'm on this Lone Star card and I'm thinking people must think I'm a deadbeat. I really wasn't. I just didn't have what it took to get a job that was conducive to taking care of a family. But, you know, my wife, even though we were eating government cheese and uh, whatever we could buy on, I think it was $120 worth of food stamps a month, and we had eviction notices. I couldn't afford a car. It was bad, folks. You know, I tell the story uh, when we were in church. We went to volunteer at a homeless shelter, and, and after I, I was able to preach, and Man, I was on fire. I felt good after I was preaching. And afterwards, we went to give clothes out to the homeless people. And So I'm standing there, and I I grab these shoes. Because a homeless man walks up. I said, sir, may I help you? He said, I need some shoes. So I go to give him the shoes, and he looks over the table at my feet. And he says, you know what? You keep them. You need them more than me. That story always keeps me grounded and humble. Because when the homeless guy tells you that you need the shoes more than he does you know you're in a bad state and we really were but the incredible thing was no matter how bad it was we were always tight our family we just grew closer together my wife she never made me feel like less than a man and I know that's very important ladies because We as men, and I'm saying men, not boys, but we as men, we want to provide for you. We want to take care of you. We want to pull your chair out and hold your door. It doesn't mean that we believe you're less than we are. You're deserving of that respect, and a true man understands that. And so for me, I wanted to provide for my wife. I wanted to give her things that she never had. I wanted to make a home for her. I didn't want her to feel like she was in need or, or needy and I wasn't doing a good job. I was actually doing a pathetic job. I was going to work and I was I was just trying to make it, you know, and it just wasn't enough. But my wife never once said, I made a mistake or I should have married you or you're you're worthless. You never do anything. You can't get us where we need to be The kids need clothes. You can't afford to buy them. She never made me feel less than. And because she never did, I wanted to work harder for her. I wanted to succeed for her because she never made me feel that way. She was always there to encourage me and to uplift me and to undergird me and to stand by my side. And when the bank account was negative and when we'd look out and they were taking our our car away or... When I walk home and there was a pink slip on the door with eviction notices, said, come see the apartment manager. My wife never once said, you jerk, you loser, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never be anything. I can't believe. And you know, you would say, who would say that? But I've worked with clients that have told their men that, that have told their husbands, if you don't give me what I want, I'm out. I can find a man that will take care of me. I'm snapping my fingers and bobbing my head, and this is where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, the whole rap stuff. But my wife never did that. She just, she loved me, and, and we loved each other in spite of. And that's why we had so many kids. We had a lot of love. We didn't have, couldn't afford cable, couldn't afford satellite, but we could, you know, love is free. After you marry, the honeymoon's every day. So we, um, We had recreation. Anyway, I'll stop that right there. But what I'm saying is when you're in a relationship, when you say I do, that quantitates you do. You do agree because it's a contract. You do agree to love, honor, obey, submit, cherish, help work love each other together that's what you do and when times get hard you need to stick together even more men you don't need to run you don't need to run my wife and I we went through some very tough periods in our life financially and it was it was it was testing but we made it through I remember, It got so bad, one night I picked up the phone to a homeless shelter here in town and they didn't have any room for us. And at the last moment, God interceded in our lives. God has always been there. When I honor his daughter, he's going to bless us. And you know, guys, you think that women are significant in your life, but the fact of the matter is, God says if your wife isn't happy, you can pray all you want, but your your prayers are just gonna hit the ceiling and go no further. Because the the saying we're slanging it out, saying if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, that's true. If mama ain't happy, God ain't happy because that's his daughter. And if you if you have daughters, you want your daughter happy. God wants his daughter happy. So if she isn't happy, guess what, guys? We're not gonna be happy. And so you you delve in and you love your wife, you embrace her, you tell her it's gonna be okay things are going to work out. And God throughout our life, he made things work out. I remember one Wednesday night and we were faithful in church. One Wednesday night we were in church and I had some pennies, I think 10, 15 pennies in my pocket. Um, one of the things that I was fighting as a Christian was pride. I didn't want anyone to know how bad we, off we were, how much we were suffering. And i just gotten a bill in the mail from the CPS and we needed to pay... I think it was $650 for the CPS. It was a disconnection notice. And we were in church on a Wednesday night, and I had pennies in my pocket, and I felt like an unction of the Holy Spirit, so I put those pennies in the plate. And I was so embarrassed, I tried to put them real close so they wouldn't cling, cling, cling. So I just put them in there, and and the next day, I'm not going to lie to you, I was kind of freaking out because... They're about to turn the lights out on me and my family, and I didn't know what to do. And about, I think it was about two o'clock, I needed to pay that bill by three. About two o'clock, I get a knock on the door, and it was this lady from our church that I'd never really spoken to, just hello and goodbye, and God bless you and that. But no one knew our business. No one knew what we were going through. And she knocks on the door and she said, the Lord said that you may need some help. And she gave me a check for $650. And I, I cried is what I did. And she just walked away. God has sent angels in our lives so many times. I went, I paid the bill, the light stayed on and God would go on to continually do things like that in our lives. He would wait till the fourth quarter with 30 seconds left and then he would send a miracle and a miracle would take place. But I believe that is because I honored his daughter. I believe that is because I love his daughter and I thank him for his gift to me. And so we began to we began to grow um, and I took a risk. I started my business. Our business began to prosper. We were doing well. And about eight years ago we were at a football game watching my son play and my wife had sandals on and I looked down and there was an ant on her foot and the ant bit her on the top of the foot and she brushed it away and you know we went home treated it and we thought it was okay it was a little bump right on the top of her foot and so everything was all right three days Probably three days later, she's screaming in pain. And my wife has a high pain tolerance. So I knew she must have been a major pain. So I said, honey, what's wrong? She said, where that ant bit me, it really hurts. So we went to the doctor. The doctor gets out his tool. He sees this little bump on the top of her foot. And he goes to, I guess, remove it. And her skin caves in. And it was about the diameter of a half dollar of the hole. And it caved in all the way down to where you could see her tendons. And necrosis had set in under the foot and gotten into, I guess, what bacteria had gotten into her flesh and was eating the flesh. And um, needless to say, man, we were just like freaking out at that point. And that would go on to lead into so many different aspects of my wife's health. Uh, She had to have double bypass surgery, multiple surgeries to open arteries. The bacteria had gotten into her bloodstream, and it just didn't work well. And so she had to do 83 treatments in a hyperbaric chamber, uh, two amputations on both feet, retinopathy. Uh, like I said, the bypass surgery. And till this day, we're still dealing with that. And I'm, I spent, I had I'd given up my business. I couldn't take care of the business and be at the hospital. So I gave up my business and uh, I just moved into a 5,000 square foot facility, had 19 independent trainers paying me rent, was really doing well, gave it all up to take care of my bride. And, uh, you know, I still kept my training, but I lost a lot of clients. I lost money. I lost time because I, I was always at the hospital, but I never regretted it. It was where, where I needed to be. And uh, she was my bride. And we spent Christmases. We spent New Year's in hospitals. Uh, It was tough. And during this time, I spent a lot of time crying in elevators. And I'd go in my car and cry because I couldn't let my wife see that I was hurt. And I didn't want my kids to see that I was hurt. I had to be strong for them. So I cried on my own a lot. It was just me and God. And I heard a statistic, and it said that when a family goes through a traumatic event, either the loss of a child or if the spouse, typically the wife, something happens to her, a stroke or some catastrophic event, I think it's 96% of husbands leave. Because as a husband, you want to be able to meet your wife's needs. You want to be able to have an answer for her problem. You want to be able to be her protector. And when you don't have that, it's easier to just run away. For me, it worked in the opposite. I just grew closer to my wife. And we cried together a lot. And oftentimes, we still do. And I saw her go through so much pain, and it just broke my heart. But it drew us closer together. And I can't understand guys leaving a wife for anything except for infidelity and abuse because there's no excuse for that. You know, I, when you've seen your wife scream because her toes are being amputated, when you've seen her go through surgeries that have just destroyed her body, You have to see her go into a hyperbaric chamber 83 times. When You have to see her struggle to see because of her eyes and retinopathy. When you have to see the wife that you married who had this beautiful, flowing, gorgeous hair lose the majority of her hair and it thins out. When you have to pick your wife up off the floor after she's fallen. See, this is my life. So whatever you have to say, whatever you excuse you have to make, whatever, you, it doesn't fly. It really doesn't. You're mad at her because she keeps the top off the toothpaste. You're upset at her because she didn't take the kids when she was supposed to. Whatever. And ladies, you're mad at him because he doesn't have the quality of job that he should have. But the brother, if he's working and he's trying to provide for you, commend him for that. Support him for that. He may not be where he needs to be, but he'll be where he needs. God wants him to be if he just keeps pushing forward and you need to support him. Yeah, there's other guys out there and they've got money and they got cars and they got uh, jewelry and they'll promise you the world. But the same promise they're making to you, they're promising 15 different women. Whereas this man really loves you and he adores you. Had my wife given up on me, wow, she wouldn't have gotten all this. (laughs) You know, God is good though. In the midst of all that, God blessed us. Uh, We had an opportunity to do some things that we've never done in our lives. I had a friend fly my wife and I first class to Florence, Italy, where she was having a birthday party for her husband, and she had Queen and the Beach Boys perform, and it was a private party, and we were right there in the middle of it. And who does that? You know, God has tremendously blessed us. He has re... Oh, man, like the phoenix. He just raised my business back up. He's blessed my business, and it's because of my wife because she never stopped believing, and she never stopped praying, and she she never stopped trusting God. Neither did I, no matter how bad it got, and how bad it looked, and how hard it was. We didn't stop. We just kept going, and we kept loving each other. And we kept, I, I, she was beautiful when I married her, and through all the surgeries, through all the pain, through all the sickness, through all the sorrow, through all the crying, She's still beautiful. She's still my wonderful wife. She's still my Spanish princess. And she always will be. And she tolerates me. I screw up so much. Lord have mercy on her for dealing with me. But we stay together. I want to tell you, first of all, marriage is work. When you say I do, you better be willing to do it. You better be willing to put in the work Do what you have to do to make this union work. You can't be quitting your job every time something gets tough. You have to stick it out together. The second thing is you have to prioritize. God has to be first in your life and then your relationship. If you seek God first, he's going to bless your relationship. If you love God, he's going to teach you how to love your spouse, right? If you love your spouse the way God loves you, then although there may be problems, you'll be able to overcome them because that love is what's going to draw you back together. Number three is God's your first priority, second is your marriage, third is your children. Don't be allowing your children to get between you and your wife. If you and your wife want to have sex, you go into your room and have sex. And if the kids burst into your room and see you in the act, it'll shock them. It'll destroy their mind forever. But I guarantee you this, they'll never do it again. Never let them pit you against each other. You stay together. And then you take care of the kids together. Fourth thing, you take care of your work or your business. Guys, the first thing God gave Adam was a J-O-B. And then he gave him a princess. So brothers, you got to work. And I don't care if it's at a burger joint or a coffee joint or wherever you want to work. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, if you have ambition, let that sustain you and pay the bills until you get where you need to be. Don't be sitting on the couch playing video games and hope that you're going to be a YouTuber, gamer, uh, superstar, rapper, whatever. No. Work until you get to where you need to be. Take care of your wife and kids so that they can eat. And they may not eat well, but they can eat. And if you have these things prioritized, everything else will fall into place. So I want to encourage you to bond together, to love each other. Marriage is work, but marriage is a wonderful thing. It's a great relationship that God established before the beginning of time. It's a union that bonds us together. And you must be intimate. I've heard wives say, no, I don't want to do it. I have a headache every day. No. You need to be intimate with your spouse. Read the Song of Solomon. You need to be romantic. You need to be intimate. You need to be spontaneous. Y'all need to get... Get with it. Even after you've had kids, get with it. That does a couple of things. When you bond sexually, it releases a hormone that relaxes you. And that relaxation leads to healing in the body. Second of all, it reduces your temptation of lust and going out and committing adultery. So you need to you need to bond with your lady. Ladies y'all need to be looking good. Guys, you need to be looking good. Y'all need to be looking good for each other. So that you're attracted to each other just like when you met. And so, keep intimacy in your relationship even after you have kids. And tell each other I love you on a constant basis. Consistent basis. Don't assume the other knows that you 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 love them. Don't say, well, I told you 30 years ago that I love you. That should be enough. That is not enough. You need to tell them every day, I love you, I adore you, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're handsome. You're you're the best man that I've ever known. Because if you tell them, ain't nobody else going to tell them. Or if they do tell them, it won't matter because the most important in their life, person in their life, has already told them. So... You tell them every day. So those are a couple of tips that I have for you. Uh, We do marital counseling. And my wife and I, mostly me. So if you want that, you can email me at josephbrooks50 at yahoo.com. And I will talk to you about some of the programs that I offer for marriages. Typically, we do new couples because you're bright and bright ambitious and excited and happy and joyful and you haven't really faced much yet um, so we like that <laughs> I like that but God loves you he established your covenant your relationship and if you're not married yet don't be sleeping together it it really ruins it really ruins your your relationship don't sleep with each other. Wait to consummate, and then it'll be great. Ooh, I did a little rap myself. At any rate, God loves you. God keep you. God bless you, and this is the way you go from welfare to well-being in every area of your life. Many blessings to you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we give you glory, praise, and honor. I thank you for everyone listening right now. Thank you for their unions and their marriages, Unions and their relationships. And I just thank you, Father God, that you'll bond each other, each of these people together. Lord God, let their relationships be stronger than they've ever been. For those who are contemplating divorce, I thank you that you'll restore their hearts. Take blondes off their eyes and let them see each other for who they saw each other for many years ago. And Heavenly Father, fall in love like it was the first time. And stay in love like it's always the first time. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you. Please follow me on Spotify and comment. Please leave some comments or comment me on my email, josephbrooks50 at yahoo.com. And please let me know what you think about the podcast and subscribe. Tell all your friends. Help me get to a million followers. I have 54 now. (laughs) So I need some help. But I love y'all and I hope this helps you. Let me know so I can keep on. If you like the podcast, donate. Uh, you can contact, if even if it's a dollar, it's fine. But um, I'd love you to be able to donate and keep me going on this podcast. If you want me to sponsor one of your products, send me a script. Let me know. You can email me there. Talk, just say product. And I'll endorse your product. I do have followers on other social media mediums. So I'll share with them. And I come in contact with numerous people. I'm also an actor. So I, you know, I span the globe a little bit, y'all. And um, I can get your product out there. So many blessings to you. Many opportunities. Wish you the best. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. 2020 Clear Vision coming for you. God bless and keep you. Thank you. Bye-bye.